0: Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, December 12th, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another stupendous show coming up for you here on Hockey Night New York. we got Andrew Gross from Newsday joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me as always is the always typing, always busy <laughs> Christian Arnold. Christian. I was to send a tweet out. How are you? I'm good, Shawnee. It's good to be back. Yeah. Had a little bit of a hiatus, but yeah. we have returned. Sorry to everybody out there who might have been looking for us last week, but we had to take it off.
1: But we're back. Yeah. We're back to talk Island to hockey. Talk about a win. Talk about more than one. Oh, that's right too. Actually, that's two why we wins. took off. Sean secretly was giving pep talks in Ottawa and <laughs> yes. before the yes and I, before I, the Devils game, I, I flew up to Ottawa <laughs> to uh, to try to bring the morale back up so that the,
0: so that the Islanders had a chance to <laughs> win against the Senators. Right. And of course, it paid off. So welcome back, folks, to Hockey Night New York. Tuning in live at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY, and of course later on on your favorite podcast providers I want to remind you all that we are thrilled to be presented by RJ Daniel's American Bar and Grill located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center it is the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game head down for great food and drink specials plenty of HD TVs and in-game sound and happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington 217 Carlton Ave in East Islip And UBS Arena at Belmont, and they're an official partner of the New York Islanders. And coming, I'm coming soon to UBS Arena, Ron (laughs) Berger, the old old copy, (laughs) and currently at UBS, UBS Arena. Serena. Check out the menu at bluelinedaily.com for all their great offerings. They're also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long haul times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And of course, happy to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations at the island's brand new home in UBS Arena, and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can also visit the Tap Room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages. And of course, remember to get your questions in for the brand new segment, Questions Brewing. Hit us up here in the chat. So, Christian Arnold, the Islanders have exercised some demons since our last episode. They broke the skid finally won a game at the stable took a little
1: longer than i think we all expected but what do you say ca well i'm well first of all i didn't know this apparently it's the gray cups today didn't even know that one of our listeners is that right viewers watching us over the gray cup
0: how about that
1: yeah no one can appreciate, appreciate you help. i don't even know what that is, is that the Canadian football? Yeah, football? it is
0: see i do know stuff outside of hockey <laughs>
1: proof that I knew what the Grey Cup was. Well, we're all proud of you for that, Thank you Shawnee. so much. Thank um, you. Yeah, certainly a, a, a very, very, very uh, good turn of events for the New York Islanders. Obviously, the last couple games, you've seen them starting to trend in the right direction. Now, things haven't been perfect. The game against New Jersey Dude. certainly was a lot closer than I think it should have been. Mm. And that's a team, especially especially the Islanders in the position that they're in with so many players back in the lineup, should have won especially against a rookie goaltender making his NHL debut should have won. Uh and they did, which was which was good. You get the yes. get the first win out of out of the way at UBS Arena, Zach Parizzy gets his first goal as an Islander on the day of his dad what would have been his father's 80th birthday, which is yeah, a real sentimental else. moment yeah. for him and you could tell how much that meant to him after the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um And you're seeing some good things. You're seeing the younger players start to step up in a lot of big ways. Uh, Wallstrom has really turned things around in the last week or so. You've seen the play of JG Pajot really pick up. You've seen Kiefer Bellow step into a pretty uh, functional role on the Islanders lineup as well. And that's an exciting thing to see for for Mm -hmm. Islander fans. So there is a lot of good going on right now. The question is, is it too little too late at this point?
0: Yeah, and I think it's also how much good, because the the, the bar has been set extremely low as of late. <laughs> so you get a win against the Senators, you get a win against the Devils, and, and I think a year ago, you almost look at the schedule and the calendar and you just kind of mark those, oh, that's a win, that's a win. And now right. it's, just, it's just desperation time already. You take whatever you can get, because, I mean, as everybody knows, it's just been such a difficult slog yeah. through the mud for this team. But, as they say, you got to start somewhere. So, it's encouraging to see not only getting a win in Ottawa, getting a win versus the Devils last night at home, but also, like some of the players you mentioned, seeing Pajot finally starting to put up some points. Zach Parise getting his first goal. Right. Long-awaited goal. And you're seeing guys like Wallstrom... Showing more elements to his game. He, he's proven that he can pass the puck, which is good to see as power well. Power play
1: has been efficient for the last week or so, which is, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, dare I say, red hot. You can almost... Uh, Tell us you about it. Almost, well, I, you just look at the way the power play has been playing, and there are a lot... Simpl- they've simplified their game a lot more. They're putting more shots on the net. they instead of Which that, is what that, we've been saying here. Instead of that need an incessant need to pass the puck and look for the perfect play, you're seeing sort of them benefit from those those kind of just gritty goals. And having Anders Lee back out there is certainly a big boost too uh, to the to the power play in the offense as a whole. You've certainly seen the benefits of that in the last couple games. So I mean I think that's been that's been really great for the Islanders. And it's something that for for a team that's so bad at the power play and has been so bad for a long time. And there seemed to be no, um, there seemed to be no rhyme or reason to why they couldn't figure it out. It seems like maybe something has clicked a little bit. Uh, and that's, and that's a big thing and that's a big thing for the Islanders. So, um, you know, obviously they're putting the puck in the back of net and they're getting those chances. And, um, the power play is, at the very least, it's not costing them games like it seemed like it had been in the in the past and during the season. Yeah, and look. They even got a shorty the other day. Big one.
0: Yeah, Zach Big Parise. one from Zach Parise. Yeah, well, look. You had to figure things weren't going to continue to go like this. They weren't going to keep losing all these games. They were eventually going to you know, come back around and, and, and start begging some wins. The question is, can they start doing it with regularity again? Is this going to be a team now that kind of meanders around 500 hockey after winning a couple of games, are they going to put a string together? Cause obviously if they want to salvage this season, because we're at that point where they need mm-hmm. to salvage it, they've already hit the depths. They've already hit bottom, right? I mean, they've, they had what an 11 game losing streak. So they have to pick it all up now and look, the timing is right in the sense that they finally got all their guys back from the COVID protocol. They're as close to a full roster as they've been in a very long time. They're obviously still waiting on Ryan Pollock, but hopefully he's not too far away. Right. And you're starting to see guys like Lee come back and contribute. Bailey's back. I just saw Mel Armenia mention he's had three assists, I believe, either in one game or the last couple games, whatever the case may <laughs> be. But the point is, as you're getting these major well, guys back, yeah. came back and they look more like themselves just on the roster just on the sheet itself and they are playing better hockey now i feel like they could have even had a couple of more more points this week you look at that predators game and it was almost comical the way that game ended and that's where i kind of started tweeting out about belmont being cursed
1: because <laughs> i
0: mean they played they played a good game thursday night against nashville they they were the better of the two teams they they had the better of the chances. I mean, that was a game that they deserved to win, but my goodness, and and this has been a theme throughout the entire season where it seems like these mental errors, which are already out of character for this team, they're usually, again, well-oiled machine, as I like to but say. But you know
1: what? Here's I, I, I must say to that, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think even Barry Trotz kind of alluded to it after that game where, um, I forget who asked the question, but, but, he, but they used the phrase sort of those uncharacteristic mistakes, and, and Barry kind of, not shot back, but... In the reply said is, is, you know it 's hard to say if that 's really uncharacteristic anymore because i don 't think it is i think it's, yeah, I think the no, uncharacteristic season, nature of their mistakes is more characteristic of this team now than it would have been for teams pa- for the islander team 's past, so I think it 's unfortunately it 's become a part of their characteristic right now
0: no that 's essentially what i 'm trying to say, oh, okay. Christian is that that has good, become good. Uh, the norm this good. season and and it 's cost them heavily and you know it, it has since the beginning of this season but in these games where they've played better and maybe deserve better as far as results go they become that much more glaring because you look at aho losing the puck in his skates in, the, in that first goal right <laughs> against nashville you look at dobson uh, at the end of that game where it looked like they were at least going to get a point out of a hard fought game where they were tied what 3-3 towards the end there mm-hmm. and you know i had a couple people shoot back at me but look dobson <laughs> had time behind the net he had time to look up and, and it was take a bad a- play it was a bad play. It w- it was. He didn't he he didn't have too much pressure on him. He didn't have to rush that play. He didn't look up to see what what options were available on the side there. It turns out he rips the puck around to two predators and it ends up in that goal. Now maybe in another night you you get lucky and it doesn't end up in a goal, but that's the that's the point I'm trying to make is it seems like these these mental gaffes that these guys have been having have just almost always seemed to end up in the back of the net. And at such a critical time in the season for this team where they're trying to just scrap as many points as they can, it was such a heartbreaker. I mean, forget about the timing, but, you know, they definitely deserve better that night. But but these mental errors are just, for some reason, they're just ending up behind the goalie. And that's why you're looking at a 2-1-3 and three. Uh, week instead of a 3-0 three week. And that looks pretty good, even though, obviously, it started with those three overtime or shootout losses earlier on, whether it was against the Sharks, the Red Wings, the, the Blackhawks. But overall, yes, they've been playing better. The real question is, are they playing good enough to really turn this around and go on a run where they can kind of negate all the losing that they did over this past month?
1: I, I don't know. I, I um when you look at the schedule ahead and, and Sean and I were kinda of talking about this and we'll obviously talk a little bit more in depth about it when we yep. get to um what's on tap, but sure. when you look at the schedule ahead, these are all tough games that the Islanders have on the calendar. Um these I mean, you you know, you look at Boston, they're good. Vegas is good. Um after that you have the Capitals, Buffalo is I mean, they're still there. Buffalo is, is Buffalo, but you're seeing Detroit again after that. And there's just so many so many games against teams that the Islanders in the past would have beaten. I don't think that's the case this year. The Buffalo's, the Detroit's, especially those are games where even the Ottawa game, it wasn't. It wasn't a guarantee they were going to go into the into the Canadian capital city and beat them. That's so.
0: the interesting thing now is is games that we would have in the past looked at as gimmies right. are now kind of up for grabs. What Islander team are we going to see? Right? Are we going to see the struggling team from earlier on, or is, or are they going to continue to? improve as they have over this past week and 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 I think I speak for most people when I say we got to see more than just this past week if they're gonna get back to or even to a shell of what they were last year I mean we're gonna have to see some more consistency there are some positive signs there we are seeing guys like Wallstrom Bellows picking up the slack for some guys like Bavillier who obviously was scratch we'll talk about that mm-hmm. but You know, are we going to start to get a more complete effort from this team? Where, and and also just get the confidence back. Uh, You got to figure that that run probably is is has you know put a put a pretty big dent in morale for this team, and you got to see if this is something that they can get back to consistently winning and playing with that confidence, knowing that they can beat you know whatever team they play against on the ice. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, where they go from here now that they finally you know got the monkey off their back at UBS.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's 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 but that's the problem. You don't know which team you're getting every time they hit the ice. Um even even under this kind of consistent role and that Nashville game, I think is a great example of it. Even when the Islanders are playing better, they're still not playing where they need to be. And you know, you can say you can point to all these good things and all that, but you look mm-hmm. at those mental mistakes. The Islanders are the fragility of the New York Islanders right now is is on display. And that Nashville game I think is a perfect example where um you know that the the swing of momentum where Noah Dobson scores the go ahead goal in the early in the third period and then the Islanders should have been able to lock it down Right. instead um Nashville's able to put put the pressure on them they force the the tie and then the Islanders seem to be playing with a little bit of i don't know what but mm-hmm. it wasn't where they needed to be in that last couple minutes and that's when Noah Dobsons behind the net and makes the mistake and tries to rim it around the rim it around the board and it goes right to i believe it was uh, Forget who was who was who along who was along the board waiting mm-hmm. there to get the puck, but right. I mean it was a very simple giveaway. You've seen a lot of you know a lot of mental mistakes by veterans too. Scott Mayfield's had a couple in the last couple of games, including yep. a bad giveaway mm-hmm. last um, night against New Jersey. Yep, um, which was it was tough to watch. So I, I think that's the problem right now. The the, the Islanders are still sort of a, a, almost you could look at it and say a, somewhat a fragile, fragile mindset yep. mm-hmm. um, because that. The, the killer instinct, that that it, that ability to kind of be comfortable in uncomfortable situations, doesn't seem to be there right now.
0: Christian, I agree with you, and we're going to pick up with that. But first, got to take a break because Andrew Gross of Newsday is going to join us. I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey.ny. We'll be right back.
2: It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week, hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar & Grill your home for New York Islanders hockey.
1: country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com That's Technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service.
2: Hope you enjoyed the
1: ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. That's right, I'm Christian Arnold alongside Sean Cuthbert as always. And now it's time to welcome in on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology, our friend from Newsday, Andrew Gross, covers the New York Islanders for... Newsday. You can read him in your local Newsday paper. Check out Newsday Sports um, online, as well as the host of the Island Ice podcast, which we always endorse, of course. Uh, listen to it <laughs> after you listen to Hockey Night in New York. Uh, Andrew, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, Sean, Christian, great to talk
3: to you guys. Uh, you know, just a uh, Sunday night after uh, two more losses in the books, for are our local NFL team, so... Uh... <laughs>
1: Well, Sean wouldn't know anything about that. I'm not sure he knows what the NFL is at this point. Oh, well, you know
3: what? He's probably probably ahead of the race then.
1: (laughs) Well, I heard the Bills had a pretty interesting game as well. But, uh, Andrew, good to have you on the show. As always, plenty to talk about. And, of course, we'll start on the positive side. The New York Islanders get a win for the first time at UBS Arena. Uh, They get a win uh, earlier in the week to break an 11 game losing streak. They snap a seven game home, uh, home losing streak as well with the win against New Jersey. And um, certainly seems like there are some positives to talk about with the New York Islanders. So we'll start there to kind of assuage some people's minds (laughs) right now. Andrew, when you look at the last week or so of Islanders hockey, where, where do things stand? And um, should Islander fans maybe be able to take a little bit of a breath now knowing the team seems to be maybe turning a corner.
3: I, I would take a, a half breath right now. Uh, yeah, certainly wins in two of the last three, and a you know a real heartbreaking four three loss to the uh, Predators kind on of a goal with eleven point five seconds. Uh, the, the fact that Brock Nelson and Casey Seegars are healthy and really Barry Trotz is dealing with the with a full roster minus Ryan Pulock, and that's not a, just a oh there's one more guy missing. This team really will not be complete without Ryan Kulak. Yeah, I I would say take a take a half breath. Um, I would still like to see the Islanders perform. Really, you know, get a win against uh, one of the upper echelon teams. Look, you know, a a win is a win. You take two points, no matter how it is, but you can certainly poke holes in the Senators and and the Devils. Um, and say those probably were not the, the highest quality wins you're going to get this season. The Devils had a fourth string goalie, which I know, you know, <laughs> that sort of situation has given the Islanders fits over the years. But uh, uh, you know, certainly signs that uh, you know Matthew Barzell is on a six game point streak, kind of quietly there. Zach Carisi finally pots a a goal shorthanded and a a lot is made of that. I I think the fact that Jean-Gabriel Peugeot is playing like we're used to seeing Jean-Gabriel Peugeot is one of the biggest things uh, I I take out of this and and he's used to this. And honestly, the weirdest thing out of this is that it was sort of the power play that got this team going again. Mm. I I mean, and, and who would have thought that after what we saw in the power play, for the first 20 or so games this season, first 18 or so games. But the power play has been legit pretty decent lately. And, uh, and if they can keep that up, they're going to stay in some games.
0: Yeah, without question, Andrew. And I think what's also helped is is a bit of the youth there on this team where you have a guy like Anthony Baviglia who gets benched last night and you have guys like Oliver Wallstrom stepping up, even Kiefer Bellows to a, a lesser degree. Wallstrom has a goal and five assists in his last three games. What do you like out of him recently, and do you think that's going to earn him some more ice time? Because that's uh, been a little bit of a, a controversy <laughs> among the Islander fans.
3: Yeah, no, I, I wrote about that in the news day for uh, my Sunday Insider today, and uh, you know, I mean, we Barry Trotz was asked about the, the ice time even in the four two win, and uh, they had Wally listed. I'm looking at it right now at nine forty nine with wow. eighteen shifts, and 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 Barry, it, look, I, I don't think this is Barry looking to cover his tracks. He was legit surprised by that because Pajot, Pajot played uh, thirteen twenty nine, 29 um, and, and both those guys are playing on the power play. So it's, it's a little odd that there was a four-minute discrepancy there. Uh, Barry wasn't sure that the uh, the final stats were 100% correct. Um, I didn't have my stopwatch on all games in general. <laughs> Yeah, Wally Dyke's time has been something that Islander fans have sort of uh, picked upon. He's averaging around 13 minutes or so. I, I forget what the final total was. Um, look, he's he's earning it. He's going to play up and down the lineup, I think, a little bit more. If you remember uh, Matt... Uh, Barry was talking about what a wild card Barry, uh, Matthew Barzell can be in in terms of defensive play. And that's really the, what, what Barry Trotz is trying to get straightened out with Wally is to be able to, to be a trustworthy defensive player at all time. And, you know, in, in Barry Trotz's parlance, you know, to be okay in the details of the game. And, uh, Look, we all know the kid can score. Uh, the kid shows us he can score all the time. He's got a wicked shot. Uh, he he should be able to elevate his game over time to where he's getting consistent top six minutes. He just has to prove it defensively, and I know fans hate that. They don't want to hear about it, but if you're going to play for a Barry Trotz team and get, you know, 15 to 17 minutes a night and get those you know, top-heavy matchups, you're going to have to be able to play consistently defense, time in and time out. Just, just look at Anthony Beauvillier. I, he, he didn't get a point in 13 games, but the tipping point for Barry Trotz was the lackadaisical play on, on the Predators' second goal. That's what finally kicked Barry Trotz off enough to glue uh, first Anthony Beauvillier to the bench for the first half of the second period against the Predators and then make him a healthy scratch against the Devils. So, like I said, I know fans don't want to hear about it because it's not sexy, but (laughs) really, as soon as Wallstrom becomes fully 100%, uh, you know, trustworthy defensively, you're going to see his minutes go way up, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at, right? And and it's nice to see that Wallstrom is, is putting up these points here, but it looks like... It's probably going to be a slow process with Barry, right? He still needs to earn while he still needs to earn his trust with Trotz, and and you know even if you put up six points in three games, it doesn't mean he's going to be logging 18, 19 minutes the next game, right?
3: No, and, and just I mean for comparison, and obviously apples to oranges, you know a forward to a defenseman, but just look at the the three year plan they've really had for Noah Dobson, same draft plans, obviously Noah. Uh, because he couldn't. They didn't want him going back to his junior team. You know, he's been with the right. Islanders now. This is his third season. But just look at how slowly and how deliberately uh, Barry Trotz and the coaching staff, and you know, obviously with Lou Lam- Lamarillo giving some input here. That was a very deliberate development process for Noah Dobson, which is paying at times huge dividends this season, and we can see Noah really blossoming into a, a defenseman you can see playing on a top pair at a certain point. But, you know, it took us three years to get here, yeah. and you expect to see the same with Oliver Wallstrom. They're going to be stops and starts. Uh, he's the youngest player on the Islander, just turned 21 in June, and I know I know, young players play in the NHL right now, but they're, they're looking at the much bigger picture Than, you know, this game or the next game or next week's game. They're really taking, you know, seasons down the line approach to Oliver Wallstrom and getting him to be the player that they know he can be. And I know when I say this, Islander fans go, well, you're being a a Barry Trotz, Lou Lamarillo uh, apologist (laughs) for this. And and I'm really not trying to do that. I'm just trying to explain the mindset of what the brass is trying to accomplish here.
1: This is On the Line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. We're talking with Andrew Gross from Newsday and a parent, uh, Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarrell apologists. <laughs> Thank uh, <laughs> you, <Christian>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you mentioned uh, Noah Dobson, one of the the young defensemen on this on this Islanders team, but I want to shift gears to a different young defenseman. And that, of course, is the play of Robin Sallow, who was back in the lineup the other night, and um, and kind of get your perspective of where you think his development is, and how much more you think we're going to see Sallow and and Ajo. Obviously, the two Sebastian Ajo, has been in the lineup a little bit more consistently than Sallow, but certainly has had uh, his fair share of issues and. It seems like the Islanders are now starting to shift their focus and, and give Robin Salo a little bit more time and, and, and a little bit more experience here. How do you see this playing out for the next couple games or so?
3: Yeah, look, it was very obvious that, that Barry Trotz and the coaching staff wanted you know, the experience such as it was when you're choosing between Salo and, 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 and Sebastian Ajo. They wanted the more experience and they're trying to get out of uh, a losing streak and with uh, with a COVID outbreak. They wanted as much experience on the ice as possible. And Sebastian Ajo at least has been around the team, been in the NHL before, is not playing his first season in North America. So mm-hmm. they went the experience route relative term with Sebastian Ajo uh, relative to Robin Salo. and. I, I think the eye test just tells you that, that the lineup works a little bit better with Robin Salo out there. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, it, it, there were too many turnovers. There were too many times he skated into trouble. I, it was too much of, of the puck going the other way after Sebastian Ajo had it on his stick. And I think Barry finally couldn't, couldn't uh, justify it anymore. So he turned back to Robin Salo. I thought Robin Sallow. Maybe it was with the uh, you know, a little bit of experience of watching for a few games. Maybe he, you know, figured some things out in his mind. I thought he was. I, I, to be honest, I thought he was pretty good before uh, becoming a healthy scratch. He had four shots last night in uh, sixteen forty. Um, he blocked one shot. He was not on the negative side at all. Uh, I, I thought Salo had a pretty good game. I, I think there's, there, there's more to build with with Robin Salo, I think, than, than with Sebastian Ajo at this point. And it's going to be a long run here because uh, Ryan Pulak is not skating yet. So uh, one or the other is going to get a real good look in the lineup. And uh, right now, I, I think it's Salo, uh, you know, going to get that chance for a while.
0: Yeah, Andrew, I have to agree with you there. I'm seeing the same things that you are as far as Aho and the, the turnovers and the, the mental mistakes and stuff like that. And I think Salo has opened up a lot of our eyes. I know Chris and I going into this season, we didn't expect to see him maybe at all when this season started. But but here we are, obviously, with some injuries and some COVID protocols and all that. And I think Salo's definitely proven himself. And I think... He's a guy who probably deserves a longer look like you were talking about. Now, obviously you have the, the waiver exemption stuff to come, that comes into play when Ryan Pullock does get healthy, but do you think Salo has shown enough or perhaps Ajo hasn't shown enough where maybe Barry Trotz considers and Lula Amarillo considers keeping Salo around even when Ryan Pullock comes back?
3: Well, I, I think when Ryan Pullick comes back and if they're committed to keeping Zeno in the lineup, which, you know, we we can talk until we're blue in the face. I think I think they are committed to keeping Dano Chara in this lineup. And, mm-hmm. and look, to be fair to Big Z, he's played much better as of late. Or should I say, better as of late? Um, he's he, he seems to be moving a little bit better. And the, the intangibles, you know, Barry talked about uh, that that fight he had uh, uh, against the Devils, where he, uh, you know. He didn't beat up Gerstin to the point that he had beaten up, uh, <laughs> what's his name, Yakov, right. uh, Brennan, the, the, the game before. But still, uh, emotionally, the, the teammates fed off uh, Dano Char rushing to Noah Dobson's aid there, just as he had rushed to uh, Sebastian Ajo's aid right. the, the, the night before. And, you know, it, 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 it's kind of a... It, I, we, we, we could do a whole segment on whether in those Instances Zeno deserves a two, five, and a ten.
2: Right, you know. Right. Um,
3: yeah, I, I sort of think after a hit like that, no, because you want players to be able to police themselves on the ice. Mm-hmm. So you, you know that that is a certain way of getting the the, the, the hit that you want out of this league. And, and Kirsten came up high on Noah Dobson. Um, you know, I, I, think Noah walked away from that pretty lucky. Um, and I think you're seen to a point, you know, not that fighting Zeno Chara is lucky, but <laughs> you know, he, 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 did, he was not called for a five minute major for the, uh, illegal check to the head or the elbow or whatever right. you want to call him. He, he just got the, the, the two minute minor there, uh, for the illegal check to the head. Um, but I, I, am digressing anyway, but the, the, the point is on Sallow, right? Um before I, I switched over to the other track, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> uh, um, if it, when when Ryan Kulak comes back, and uh, assuming that everyone is healthy, right, mm-hmm. um, and presuming that they're going to stick with Dano Chara, as I just laid out, then I would expect to see Robin Salo go back to Bridgeport just because they want him to keep playing. Okay, they, at this point in Sebastian Aho's development. You know, it's probably better served him sticking around the Islanders as the seventh defenseman rather than having Robin Salo sitting out in the press box every night. Yeah, I mean, Robin Salo still has a lot to learn about the North American game. You you, you talked about maybe you didn't expect to see him this season. Uh, I always sort of thought he might be on the Devontae's uh, plan where he would Mm -hmm. come up kind of mid-season after getting his uh, skates wet you know, uh, on, on the smaller rinks, you know, get a half season in with Bridgeport and, and then maybe translate up to uh, the NHL. Obviously, that that timetable was rushed because of the injuries and, and then Adam Pellick and Chara and Andy Green all winding up on the COVID list. Uh, I mean, there was that one game when Scott Mayfield was the only, you know, quote-unquote top six defenseman. Uh, from the start of the season, to, to suit up that game. Uh, so, no, I, I expect all things being equal. If there are no more injuries and when when uh, Ryan Pulak is able to come back, they're they're going to want to continue and further Robin Salo's development at the AHL. And also, you bring up the, the waiver issue. And, uh, you know, defensemen are at a premium in this league. And you put Sebastian Ajo on waivers, regardless of how he's played. Right. Who's to say a team's not going to, you know, look at this. It's basically a free defenseman for the taking. So that, that, that's not great roster management if that's the way they go
1: talking with Andrew Gross from Newsday here on the line brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology and Andrew since we're talking defensemen i am curious to get your take on what's been going on with scott mayfield the last couple games uh it, it's been kind of a tough swing of things for the one of the few veteran defensemen that have that have remained in the lineup consistently through the pan, uh, through the, the covid outbreak with the islanders it's certainly uh, I don't want to say that the amount of time he's had to play has caught up to him but the last few games certainly seems to be uh, he, he's kind of fallen to that trap with some of the other players veteran players in the lineup where though um, they're making mistakes that are costing the Islanders points
3: yeah I, I think it's magnified with Scotty just because he's making mistakes two ways right mm-hmm. he's you know he's turning the puck over he's not getting into the correct position. In the defensive zone, but he's also taken a few bad penalties.
2: Right, and
3: yeah. you know, it's sort it, it like I said, it just magnifies the issue uh, that that he's he's either in the penalty box or there are some shifts where he's not helping out as he needs to defensively. Um, with what's going on with him, yeah, I mean, he had to take on a lot through that COVID outbreak, and as I said, you know, at one point the lone defenseman still standing. He's, you know, Scott can be a pretty steady defenseman. Uh, you, you never get the spectacular with Scott, but you, you always get steady play. But he, he has been prone to these little stretches where, for whatever reason, there, you know, there's some turnovers or there's some decisions in the defensive zone that, he, you know, I'm thinking of Brock Nelson when we were asking him about, you know, being out of the lineup and what he saw. And he said, boy, it's real easy to dissect the game from the press box. You think you have all the time in the world up there. And, but you know, on the ice, that's not the case. Things happen. Bang, bang, bang. And and right now, maybe Scott just isn't as confident in in his decision-making process as he has been in the past. And look, I, I mean, Again, not to be an apologist. This is maybe where, you know, you know the guy, so you know what a good man he is and, and you know how much he cares and you know how much his teammates like him. I, I certainly expect Scott to to be able to figure this out. I mean, he does I, I mean he knows what he's doing wrong. Um, so I'm sure he's watching a ton of video and and, and going over this stuff with the you know, I, I believe it's Gruden and, uh, you know, just Lane Lambert and just trying to figure out exactly what to tweak here and there. But no, you're right. It, it has been a little rough st- stretch. And, and the one thing he can really control right now is his stick control because he's taken a couple of bad stick penalties.
1: Andrew uh I mean I will I want to add to this because I, I know we've talked a lot of defensemen and I feel like I've kind of picked on picked on them I, I uh, Sean knows this for, As Christian
0: does Sean
1: <laughs> Sean knows this because I think I, I preface every every statement about a defenseman it's, I hate picking on the defenseman because I think it's the toughest position out there and and they they get the least amount of credit because we always Kind of crap on them when they make a mistake because that's the only time they get recognition is when they make a huge defensive play mm-hmm. or when they make a big mistake that ends up costing them. So that's always my my preamble whenever we talk about defensemen. But I did want to ask you uh, in that in a similar vein. Obviously, the benching of of Anthony Boviglia was sort of a big moment for Barry Trotz there and, and sort of holding some of the more veteran players responsible uh, compared to some of the way he sort of of held guys like Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom responsible. Do you see that? Being a more consistent trend now with trots and the coaching staff, because you know it's it's like I said, it's the first time that Trotz has really sort of it seemed like publicly anyway, kind of said like the this guy needs to step it up. He is a veteran player, and we're taking about taking him out of the lineup.
3: Yeah, no, I, I well we'll see. I mean, when when Bo does get back in the lineup, and we all know he's going to get back in the lineup, right? Mm-hmm is he coming back in for a bellows or does Barry decide finally that, that Kyle Palmieri needs to watch for a little bit that, you know, that it's just not working with, with, with Kyle Palmieri or even, you know, I know Josh Bailey has what three assists in his last four games. So that looks pretty decent on the score sheet, but boy, this is, this is a guy that's allergic to shooting this season. right? Right. And, <laughs> I mean, he has, and, and look—you can look at it two ways. He has four shots against uh, the Devils, so maybe he's gotten the message already, mm. right? But I think—I'm uh, not looking at the uh, stats right. Or actually, you know what? I am looking at the stats. Look at that, <laughs> that liar. <laughs> Yeah, liar. Because I, 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 I knew I knew I had written this in uh, in my story for uh, today, which is on Islanders or Newsday dot backslash Isles. Um, <laughs> Bailey has fourteen shots on net all season. I mean, and that's after four against that's the binance. Devils. So he had ten, uh, he, and he missed. Well, what anyway, he missed? Uh, obviously, he missed some time with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So. In his first 17 games, he had 10 shots on goal. And honestly, that's, I, you know, I know he's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer, but still, that's kind of unacceptable if you're going to get top-line minutes. That's like old-school Josh
0: Bailey. That's like when fans are <laughs> really complaining about him because the guy never used to shoot the puck, so he's kind of regressed yeah. in that in that regard.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, you asked me about whether, you know, Anthony Bovillier Sitting is, you know, uh, Barry Trotz, you know, suddenly going to be the, the toughest sheriff in town. Well, I, I think time will tell because if it can keep going like this, you know, with, with Kyle Palmieri and Zach Parisi got, a, got a, a goal the other night. And honestly, I don't think Zach is in danger of being sad at all because I he, I mean, his legs never stop moving and he's valuable on the penalty kill. And he's sort of, He's found a role on this team, and it's not the top six role that he's been playing with the Wild for all these years. He's he's not being asked to do that, and as a bottom six forward, he's very effective minus the goal scoring, right? So Mm -hmm. I, I don't think Zach's in danger. I'm looking at Kyle Palmieri, and I'm looking at Josh Bailey, and I'm really curious to see when Bo comes back who Barry decides to sit if there are no injuries.
1: Andrew, I, I have one more question for you. You are a gentleman of a certain age, so I, I'm curious to get your <laughs> take. Uh, I could have said that much nicer, I'm sure, but it is what it is, and uh, it I is don't, I is. don't regret it. Um, obviously, the hockey world has kind of been cast into two camps the last week in response to John Tortorella's comments over the uh, incredibly fantastic goal that the Anaheim Ducks, the the Michigan style assist that uh, two young Anaheim Ducks were, were able to. Uh, set up both from long island i believe as well and i kind of wanted to get your take on where you fell in that sort of critique of what happened because my take has always been and i think i was tweeting this yesterday that people like john tortorella are why the game of hockey continues to be where it is the idea that you can't have fun and you can't do these kind of over-the-top plays sometimes and and enjoy them and um, create this buzz where people who don't necessarily know or follow hockey will see it and maybe want to tune in, right? Uh, and I think the continued sort of sentiment that people like John Tortorella and Mike Milberry have had in their influence on the game has sort of been a big problem. And I'm curious to see where, where you fall in this camp, Andrew.
3: Well, here, here are my thoughts on, on, on John Francis Tortorella. Him <laughs> as, there we go. As, as I do. Um, you know, I, I've known him as a reporter covering one of his teams, and I've gotten to know him off the ice. And the, the, the persona that he plays on the bench is not necessarily always who he is. I mean, he's an incredibly charitable man, right? And, and he does stuff that you never hear about. And he, he's been good to my family, and, and I like his family. So we'll get that all out <laughs> of the way. I, I, I will say this I thought it was a fantastic pass. Why not? Is it, I mean, is it an illegal pass? Was there absolutely is there anything in the NHL rulebook that said uh, Zeger could not do that? There isn't, right? Right, not that I know of. So why? why I I, mean, I don't see in any way how, how it's bad for hockey that you know because now that now that he's done that and it's been tried a couple of times, teams have to adjust. You got to look out for that, and and that and that's part of the sport. Mm-hmm. I think where Torch is coming from, knowing him and, and, and to a certain extent, you know, Barry is the same way, is that it's never about the individual. It's always about the group dynamic. And that's how Lou Lamarillo feels. You know, you never want a single one player out. It, 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 there's, there's a strength in unity. And I think torts just hates to show off players like that. I mean, it's it's the reason Sean Avery made him see red. Every mm-hmm. time Sean Avery's name was said, I, I thought Torts' head was gonna <laughs> pop off. Right? And and it's just oh, the I think Torts is looking at that as a look at me moment, which I don't think I I I, I, I give Zegris more credit than that. I, agree. I, I yep. think he I, I think he was like, I think this can work right here and we're gonna score a goal. Yep. Right? I think it was a pure hockey play, um, but I, I think Torts and the people in that camp are, are, you know, and I'm sure, you know, and, and Torts is an old baseball player, too. Ask him about guys who hit a home run and flip the bat and stand there and watch it you know uh, don't sure don't get Torts, me
1: started on that too i'll go on for another hour on this stuff
3: <laughs> right but i, I think think is in the camp that he would like to just absolutely strangle anyone who flips a bat and stands at home plate and admires a home run because it's a look at me moment, right and look I, I i think that's what he thought of the past in, in that situation that's not what i saw i saw a, a smart hockey play you know and, and why not have a little fun i mean look did did any of us uh, when what's his name Marek Malik went between his legs and, and scored that shootout goal years ago for the Rangers did anyone say oh that's bad for hockey I mean that was right. that's fun that is just fun so look like I said uh me, me and torts were good I disagree <laughs> with Torts on on this one but but I understand why he said what he, what he said because in his very tight view of, of how to build a team and team identity, there isn't a place for that.
1: Fair enough, Andrew. Well, Pre- appreciate you indulging me, Andrew Gross y- yes. from Newsday. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, I was going to say his Twitter handle, but I actually kind of forgot it off. It's I think it's at agrossnewsday. It, yes, it is. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah,
0: no, right. yeah, and he cuts me off in the process. By the way,
1: Well oh, I, <laughs> I thought I was handling that. Andrew
0: was fantastic yeah. having you on the show <laughs> as always.
1: Hey,
3: hey, uh, but before we go away, Christian. Yes, that's me. Is, is, is there any song you want to sing?
1: No, there's not. I would have no. Oh, uh, wait! I'm I want to know what this is I'm all not. about. I'm not. What is this all about? <laughs> Thank you, Andrew Gross from Newsday. You can follow him on Twitter at a Gross Newsday. You can uh, tune into the Isles. Uh, I was about to say a different podcast. Isles Island Ice, Ice podcast, podcast on all uh, podcasting platforms. Of course, after you listen to our podcast here, Hockey Night in New York, or watch it on Twitch, and of course, uh, you can read Andrew's stuff and, and his apologies for for John Torella and the rest of the Islanders. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, indeed. <laughs> and Joe, I will see you on Thursday when the Islanders are back on Long Island for the game against the Boston Bruins. Thank you, my friend, for coming on with us as always.
3: Oh, my pleasure, Christian. Great talking to you. And Sean, what do you think of the new building? Oh, it's incredible! I love it, <laughs> yeah. Andrew.
0: I love it. It's uh, it's it's still surreal to me. It hasn't it hasn't set in, but uh, it is an absolute pleasure going to that place. And I think once the players get used to it, it'll finally yeah. be a, a fun place for everybody. Because we got a really good taste last night of what that place can be like when they get a win.
3: Yeah. No the the the, the sound was loud and it, mm-hmm. it it did rock. It was it was fun to be there. So, uh, no, listen, Christian, uh, Sean, it's always great coming on with you guys. I really appreciate it. Always fun chatting with you guys.
0: Always a pleasure, Absolutely. Thanks We're so much for having on. still waiting for
1: our invite back to Island of by the way. Oh, wow.
3: Oh, yeah, <laughs> no way. Open invitation. See? I just, I'm just i just going to make, make I, sure. I, I, I'll be honest. My digital editor, producer, we, we was on vacation last week, so I'm on You know, I I didn't record last week, but I'm looking to record this week. So I'll let you know.
1: See, I'm making magic happen over here. (laughs) Thank you, you Andrew Gross (laughs) from Newsday. A pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you again.
0: Take care, Andrew. All
1: right, I'll talk to you guys soon.
0: All righty, all right, folks. The great Andrew Gross of Newsday and the Island Eyes Podcast and Christian. If you thought I was going to let this song thing go, oh no! So
1: Shannon Hogan sang "New York, New York." I guess it was Thursday. Uh, Yeah, last uh, night. Yeah. uh, and uh, so I think we all tweeted about it. Right? Oh, was it last night? Well, I guess it was last night. All these days kind of blend together. <laughs> and um, <laughs> okay. and Brian Compton tweeted back the it was third last period, night, third period uh, at C underscore Arnold zero one will be singing. I'm a little teapot. In the third.
0: Oh, so. nice! I did not see that. Yeah. So, is this a regular thing now? Like, What's is that? Shannon going to do New York? New no, York every I mean, night? They,
1: they usually do like different, different uh, people and, and special guests and stuff like that. Um, so she
0: did it last night, but I think they played the song Thursday for the Predators game. I don't know if they, they do did it the every whole game. Karaoke a different thing. person.
1: Uh, or they do, like, a karaoke version where the fans sing along Interesting, But, but yeah, no, so that's where that came from. Oh, and, okay. Uh, All right. And uh, so, but yeah, great stuff from Andrew Gross, as always. And uh, yeah. it was great having him on. And Always uh, gives us a lot of time, which is great. Glad he indulged uh, the last question about... John Francis Tortorella. Torella. Yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, that was I was curious to get your opinion on that too, Shawnee. I'm sure you saw that goal and, and yeah. sort of the reaction that it got from hockey traditionalists and, and sort of that new school uh, look, thought process too.
0: I, I'm all for it. And look, if, you, if you're able to find enough space and time to make a play like that happen, more power to you because, because as we were talking about literally earlier in the show, the game is so fast and it's a game of inches. And it's rare that you're even going to have an opportunity to make that play you know just scooping the puck up getting it over the net perfectly and then having your your teammate being in the right place right time right. to smack it I mean we're not going to see that very often maybe we'll see more attempts at it but that was just a a you know just a, a perfect storm of things coming together to make that highlight real goal happen and that's why you don't really see the Michigan that often. It happens, it happens, but like not a lot. Right? Exactly. Because so many things have to come together for a play like that to happen. So look, it got fans excited. It got people outside the sport excited and interested interested in it because it was such a skilled play to pull mm-hmm. off, right? So yeah, why not? I mean, if it's happening all the time, I mean, a it loses its luster anyway. But right. like then maybe you say, eh, you know, I mean, look, if I'm on the opposing team, that's the sort of play that pisses me off. Like if yeah, I'm a defenseman, don't, don't let up a goal hundred yeah. percent. No, absolutely. Again, if you give up the time and space for that to happen, it's on you as well.
1: That right? was that's the. I think that's the lesson that if you remember a couple of years ago, Devontae's learned really quickly. Remember when he did the? I will never forget the that. arm, and then the Capitals go, and then you just go, "Yeah, he's never, he's never celebrating a goal, and he ever never did. Again. Every goal he scored after that, cool. Yeah, <laughs> so, no,
2: hundred cool, percent.
0: Yeah, yeah, that 100%. Was a great goal.
1: Yeah, no, he that
0: was that was a tough lesson to learn. Absolutely, well, no, I listen, remember that very like,
1: well. I see I, I mean I think everyone who's listened to the show kind of understands or knows where my viewpoint stands with yeah, a you've lot been clear of this on this, this, yeah. this kind of culture of the game nonsense mm-hmm. or whatever. And when it comes to that stuff, I, my my point of view has always been listen like do it but you got to back it up. Like if you're going to do it and like right. have that attitude, back it up that's why you know guys like lebron james and the nba and um you know tom B- tom brady and and um and gronkowski can do that in the nfl because like those are guys that can go out and back that stuff up like you got to have back that that thing up well i was gonna say i was about to curse and i stopped myself but <laughs> um but the point being is like you sh- that should be i don't want to say encouraged but it shouldn't be as uh, kind of like eye-rolled by hockey traditionalists because it's part of what has made the NHL the fourth like a hard fourth sport of 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 the four mm-hmm. American sports, where MLS is is kind of up there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, shout out to NYCFC for winning their first MLS Cup championship over the weekend on Saturday afternoon
0: via skills competition right via the skills competition <laughs> that's right
1: yeah no thank
0: you hockey traditionals would not have liked that no not at all not at all no it's a good discussion and i thought it was an awesome play oh sick and that's so cool. yeah give me more of that so stuff cool. sure why not um why not
1: islanders though islanders a lot on the a lot on the docket for the Islanders, but I did want to discuss the Zach Parisi goal for a second. Yeah, we sure. talked about it at, at the top of the show, but certainly it? certainly a, a really nice moment for for Parisi mm-hmm. who who scores on his as dad what would have been his dad's 80th birthday and. Um, finally kind of gets that monkey off his back. He's been playing well. Um, I think that's the thing that's frustrating for Parisian. I think that's frustrating for Islander fans when you watch those. games. Yeah, I think
0: Andrew hit it on the money when he was saying even though the production hasn't been coming from Parise, he's still been playing very well right. in his role, and he busts his ass every night. And hopefully that goal last night is a sign of things to come. And do I expect him to all of a sudden be a 25-30 goal scorer? Of course not. But... You know, sometimes a guy just needs to get off the Schneid, and yeah. then all of a sudden they start coming. I mean, look at Peugeot. Oh, he's done yeah, perfect
1: example. right or, yeah. like he was Peugeot, a guy. Peugeot, Barzal, Wallstrom. If
0: he had, hadn't have had the week that he had, he, we would have Andrew would have been lumping or all of us would have been lumping him in with Palmary and Bailey and all yeah. those guys, right. But he's finally shown he's finally come alive himself. He's had a great week. He's put up some points. So again, sometimes it just takes that first one, and then all of a sudden you get into the right mental state of mind, and, yeah. and instead of shooting into a, a goalie's chest, you're, you're shooting it over his shoulder, and it's but, going in the net.
1: Right, but then you look at what happened in the final two, two three minutes of the game where nobody could score on an empty net. Brock that Nelson missed. Yeah. Zach Parisi
0: missed. I'll be honest um, with you, Christian. I thought that game was going to end 4-3. to Like, I, I thought... Right, the, right. It had that feeling the, to it. it. I thought really the goal did. with the goal... Uh, sorry. Uh, the moment where the, with the goalie pulled was going to end up with a 4-3 <laughs> goal to make everybody kind of squirm. in UBS arena crap their collective pants and say, "Oh my God, is this happening again?" And I would have laughed my <laughs> ass off if it did. But because it's funny after the after the loss Thursday night against the Predators, uh, I end up going to Belmont Hall with my buddy who I went to the How game with. How is that, by the way? I always well, I was well Belmont Hall it. is great because apparently it opens at eleven thirty on the day of events, which sounds ridiculous to me because who's going there that early, waiting for a seven thirty game? Either way, Paying it's like a, seventeen dollars a piece for that. That too. Welcome to corporate hockey <laughs> on Long Island. But it's it's a really nice spot. Uh, have a decent you know bar menu for yeah. food and stuff like that. Again, they I do think, food there. Yeah, they do. Sorry,
1: I, 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 Belmont. Yeah, I, Belmont like, Hall is the one place in the arena I still haven't explored.
0: Yeah, that. it's a good spot. They have the um, the bubble hockey in there. Oh. They got so they uh, copied Donnie Bagels. Sure. Yeah, we'll we'll give credit to Donnie. Ooh. Absolutely. Uh, they have two bubble hockey tables. They have it's you know plenty of seating, plenty of beers on tap, all that. Yeah. And the great thing about it is is that it stays open until midnight on game. Notes. Yeah, no, I saw it. So that. if you're looking to wait out the traffic, which is something that me and my you buddies have been doing, uh, we usually head into there, you know, maybe have a drink, have a, have a bite to eat or something like that and just hang out. But yeah, it's a good spot. But we're in there after the after the lost Thursday night, and you know we're just grumbling about how it ended, like ah, uh, you know, right, terrible, right, terrible, right. ridiculous, right? And so I'm like, "Hey, man, I'll be right back. And I'm gonna go to the bathroom." So I go to the bathroom, and what's playing is nothing but a good time by Motley Crue, and I just laugh to myself because we were just you know saying how awful the loss loss is, and then I walk in, I nothing but a good time. Don't get better than this. I'm actually like, it doesn't get any worse. <laughs> It doesn't. So I had a good laugh uh, on my
1: own in the restroom. But uh, Belmont Hall, good spot. All right. Good well, there spot. you go. Uh, yes. Shawnee reviews UBS <laughs> Arena stuff. We should actually make that a segment somehow. Sure. Just to review random things. About sure. The arena. I've, I've, I think it would actually be kind of entertaining. Hit up that, enough places. Now. That and the Team Store are the two places
0: I haven't been in the in the building. Team Store. I tell you what, Team Store is great. Again, I think we all just have to get past the the price gouging that is just throughout oh. the entire building. Anywhere you go, whether it's a Team Store, whether it's a bar, whether it's an eatery. You're paying top dollar now. You're paying yeah. Madison Square Garden prices and now. You're paying higher than Madison that Square Maybe. No, maybe. not maybe.
1: Oh, okay, fine. Drinks are less you expensive can attest to that? At, at Madison Square Garden okay. than, than they are well, at UBS. Well, this, is, uh, the, this is the new
0: world we live in with the New York Islanders, but the team store is fantastic. I mean, it's huge, and I've never seen such a wide array of, of Islander merchandise being available. Like even the rinky dink team stores that they had at like the Coliseum right, right, and stuff right, right. like that. Even at Northwell too. The Northwell's pretty good. That pro shop.
1: Yeah. But, but it's not a team store. It's a pro shop. But yeah. There's, there's a little bit of
0: Merchandise. Yeah, which but, I've learned. Over but the years. point I'm getting to is that there's such a wide variety now of, of Islander merchandise that you never used to be able to get before. You know, you had your standard hats, maybe right. a couple of beanies, your jerseys, maybe a t-shirt here, a t-shirt there. Now they have everything. Like all different varieties of all different you know types of clothing and Jack, really nice jackets and hoodies. I gotta get in there I never had that so like really cool store. I actually have my eye on a zip hoodie. I'm afraid to see what the price tag
1: <laughs> says I saw it but I liked it I didn't want to look at the price tag well I, 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 I actually searched
0: for it and oh, really? and and it, it there wasn't a price there and I wasn't gonna waste my time asking somebody but I was like, I'm sure this is like ninety dollars and it was just a zip up hoodie. <laughs> but but the team store is great. It has a I'll lot of cool stuff. That get in there. Maybe maybe if you went to like a road game and you go into like the opposing team's team store, you're like wow, they have all
1: this cool stuff. Now the Islanders finally have all that cool stuff at a premium price. And there you go, Sean reviews stuff <laughs> at UBS Arena. Now I want to point <laughs> out this is not a sponsored segment. UBS Arena is not paying us to do that. <laughs> no. If they would like to send us money or free merchandise, we sure. always take stuff. Well,
0: we, they probably want us to tone down the the prices are ridiculous thing. But Lower yeah, your sure. prices,
1: and we'll do that. <laughs> right, lower your prices. And we we'll have talk. standards yeah. here. Oh sure. no, but but I, it's, uh, the team store looks beautiful. Again, I've only seen it the really The nice, yeah. Belmont it's Hall cool. looks really cool. I want to at some point try and, and try and get in there and, and see mm-hmm. that. And, and the rest of the building looks great. But Shawnee, uh, you know, when you look at look at all these great things that the that the arena has and and all that, it, it definitely if you're an Islander fan, it gets you excited to look at the schedule ahead because there are two home games coming up on the Islander schedule. Are
0: you saying? You want to let people know what's on tap? I
1: think I do. I think you do.
0: All right, let's do that. Oh, no. There was no volume. Let's try that again. (laughs)
3: And
1: now,
0: it's time That's what happens when we take a week off. Brought to you by... It really is. It really is.
1: Oh, there we go. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, it is time for What's On Tap. Brought to you by the great R.J. Daniels. John, look at the chat. You're a season ticket holder. You're supposed to get a discount there. That's true. And I was actually going to mention that. Oh. Okay. I was gonna mention, yes, you get fifteen percent off as a season ticket holder, and another little nugget for those those uh, season ticket holders out there. There is a, a that. pass. There is a pass that. Yeah, sorry, bud. <laughs> that <you> can, <laughs> that, was, that, that was my can, own fault. That you can uh, add to your wallet or whatever on your phone. I think you do it like through Ticketmaster or whatever it is. But there's like everybody got credit for the preseason games that uh, if you didn't attend them. It's on that little pass there that that you use for your fifty percent off. So you might have some money sitting oh. on that pass. You should check that out. That you can use towards the team store. Not sure if you can use it towards concessions, but I know you can use it towards the team store. So yeah, check that out. Again, might have some money waiting for you that you didn't know was there. Pretty good deal. Insider there you go. insider tip.
1: There you have it. Islanders this week. They are on the road this week to start off on the fourteenth. They visit Detroit at seven thirty. Another seven thirty start. Usually you get treated to a seven o'clock start when they're on the road.
0: Not this time, bud. Not this time. Sorry. But, uh, you know, another You're have to stay up past bedtime. Another,
1: <laughs> another uh, important game against Detroit uh, Islanders. Obviously, played them just a couple, just a week week ago, really, yeah. um, give or take. And they they lost in the shootout. They did good things. The Islanders. That was maybe one of the first games you really saw the Islanders show a little bit more consistent fight mm-hmm. uh, against an opposing team. And, and Detroit's playing well still. Um, you know, they're still a team that's that's competitive and. And um, they're going to be an interesting team to follow because I know they were one of the teams at the beginning of the year we looked at and went, eh. Yep. And we went, eh. They're, they're in that group of yeah. teams like
0: Ottawa and Buffalo where they have some
1: promising yeah. young guys, yeah. but they don't have the whole package yet. than Ottawa and Buffalo.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit. But still, they're kind of in that general group, not expected to make the playoffs, right. don't have a complete team, have some good you know, young players coming up to the system. So, yeah, and, and like we were saying before, because the Islanders just haven't really been the Islanders this mm-hmm. season, these aren't gimme's on the schedule anymore. This is a game that they're going to have to, if they want these points, they're going to have to get out there and battle.
1: Detroit also a point back of the final wild card spot, wild card spot behind the Boston Bruins as of tonight. They're 9-3-2 and two at the Little Caesars Arena, also known as the Bad Pizza Arena. And so, okay. it, it, I mean, Little Caesars is terrible. Um huh. It's awful. Have you ever had Little Caesars? It's back. It, the it, was, worst, it like, was
0: on Long Island a long, long time ago and I don't remember it being so bad. It's not good. But maybe now it's, it's bad. It's not good. Okay, you are very defending. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, you're being like there's yeah. like,
1: you know, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's, Little Caesars is all the way on the ground. Wow. Okay. We're not getting a sponsorship from Little Caesars <laughs> after that review. <laughs> no, we're not.
0: They're not local. Doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, so Islanders f- p- play an important game against the Detroit Red Wings for both the, Island- wings. the Islanders and the, and we the Red last, Wings. Did that last
0: last time too? It's because well, when I speak talk, <laughs> when I speak talk when I the speak the Red Wings
1: when I speak talk fast. It's uh. You know, Daffy it, Duck. Yeah. Anyway, Boston Bruins come to town Fly. on the 16th to face the New York Islanders at UBS Arena. That'll be another tough game. Boston in a playoff spot. Uh, they're always a tough, 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 tough task for the New York Islanders, obviously. I, stop looking at me like that. Why? Like what? Stop looking at me like a that. A tough, tough, tough task. task? Yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. For the Islanders, again, uh, Boston Bruins <laughs> in a playoff spot. I don't even want to look at the chat right now because I'm going to get distracted. They've won two in a row. Uh, they've won back-to-back games here heading into that contest as of now. Um, I would have to look at their schedule. I'm sure they have a game Tuesday before they play the Islanders, so that'll be a, an important game against the Islanders. Obviously, Boston kind of didn't have the best luck at the beginning of the season, the COVID-shortened season last year when the Islanders played them. They started to get their legs under them, and I think they, they won the last two or three that they played uh, against the Islanders Um before the playoffs, and then obviously the Islanders did beat them in the playoffs. So that they this did. will be the first uh, this will be the first time the two teams see each other since the postseason, since the New York Saints moniker. That's right. So it'll That's be. Right. I'm sure that'll be a fun game at UBS Arena on Thursday night. Then the Islanders have a couple of days off. They face the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Now I know they are just the Vegas Golden Knights, but I want to get lost the loss in there. Good for you, man. Do okay. what you got to do. So they play the Golden Congrats. Knights at 2 p.m. on Sunday. <laughs> Robin Lanner's return. Robin Leonard's return. That'll be a real momentous game for for Leonard, for the Islanders, for the fans. And do you
0: think they do a video tribute for a guy who only played one season?
1: Yes. Okay. I think I think when you look back at at how much Lanner has meant to the organization, uh, even even in just one game, uh, one year uh, as an Islander, uh, and and what the organization and the fan base meant to him. You know, I think there's sort of that mutual respect that that both sides have now. Obviously, the way things kind of separated after after he played that one year is still a little weird because mm-hmm. um, it really hasn't been a full explanation of what happened and the sort of the breakdown in communication between Landers' camp and, and the Islanders. Yeah. And, um, so that, that's kind of an interesting standpoint, but. You know, Robin Leonard loves the Islanders, loves the Islander fan base, the organization. Um, you know, there's nothing but good things to say about them and, and the people that have supported him, especially in a he very
0: put the island on his neck.
1: Yeah, 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 and that's how much it means to him. Yeah. I mean, it's, and obviously, you look back at, at kind of what he went through in his personal life and and going public with that that story really kind of endeared him to the the blue collar you know fan base that the Islanders have. So. It was certainly, um, you know, a, a great year when he was on the island, and he meant a lot to this organization. So he will forever kind of be linked to them. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of recognition of that. Yeah,
0: that'll be interesting. And and it's not every day you see a, a player who who joins a team for just one season become so intertwined with yeah. the fan base. Usually, it, it takes at least a little while. I mean, maybe you get a superstar that comes in and you fall in love right away because he's putting up 40 points in 25 games or something like that, but. Yeah, he really endeared himself to this this fan base immediately. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with the Players Tribune that he put out before they even hit the ice that year. I mean, that certainly you know raised my eyebrows. I read that and I was like, yeah, okay, I like this guy. Looking, you know, at and the- I was really looking yeah. forward to seeing what he did in the team and and just. Um, You know, look, it's 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 you got to give the man a lot of credit just for being able to come out and share that stuff, and and uh, I think that's that's that was kind of step one in the in the love affair between him and the uh, the Islander fan base.
1: Uh, By the way, I'm seeing in the chat people complaining that about a 7:30 start on the Sunday. The game is at two o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I'm just pointing that out. Oh, great. Yeah. Yes, 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock game. Islanders play, uh, Islanders play a rare 7 o'clock game, though, on uh, Monday the 20th. I know that's getting a little ahead of us, but they play mm-hmm. the Montreal Canadiens, 7 o'clock, UBS Arena. That's interesting. Earlier than usual. It's interesting
0: because it's at UBS, and it seems like they want all their games at 7.30, at least during the week. So I wonder what the, the rhyme or reason is behind making that one a 7 as opposed to
1: all the other ones. Who knows? It's a great question. It's a Sean, mystery. Sean, would you look that? we went through all the games that's what's on tap that was what's
0: on tap brought to you by rj daniels american bar and Grill. all right we are now seven minutes past the hour mark just rolling through we had t-boy likes the seven thirty star i'm
1: actually not a big fan i liked it for like a game and i'm like this is terrible <laughs> excuse me
0: <laughs> i like it because it, al- it, it allows me some breathing room getting out of work
1: yeah, no, I understand that.
0: You know, because uh, sometimes with the seven o'clock games, I was trying to rush out the door, try to make it on time, and that extra half hour definitely helps me out. So selfishly, like the seven thirty start, but I can understand how some people want to get to bed. You know, on a Tuesday night, all of a sudden. But even if you want
1: to take you know, like a home your, later. Your kids or something like that. Not not that that too one of us have kids, but somebody not wants that we, to take you to know the know game, of. yeah.
0: If somebody wants to take you to the game. Yeah, so yeah. Can Christian? Can Christian stay up? <laughs> it's a seven thirty start. Can he stay for the third period? <laughs> I get it. I get it.
1: Oh, brother.
0: Sorry, man. It's always going to uh, be. I a set thing. myself up for that. You're no, going to be 45 years old, and we're still going to be talking about how young you are. <laughs> that's just that's just how it is. That's just how it is. So, where were we after all that? You were making fun of me. Oh no, I mean before that. I mean that's a constant. We were doing what's on tap, and then we were. We did that. On. Right, moving on. Yes, yes. So, so yeah, seven thirty starts. Cleared that up. Now, <laughs> M- Matt Martin, healthy scratch. What's your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? <laughs> what
1: are my thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Talk about. Talk about. Yeah, Matt did you talk answer. about <laughs> Matt Martin being a healthy scratch yeah, lately? Yeah. Well, it seems like a he's dealing he's dealing with something uh, that's kind of been lingering for the better part of the season. Some sort of injury that that the Islanders haven't really specified what that that has been. But also, I think you're seeing um the team want to give Ross Johnson Ross Johnston a chance to play a little bit more consistently i mean ross has been uh, an effective player on that fourth line i i saw you know casey Zicus was back down there centering that fourth line i was i was kind of intrigued by that I, I i think there's a part of me that still likes the idea of kind of mixing and matching and maybe it's time to start looking at shifting some of those guys in the fourth line and, and into different spots it's happen eventually and so I, I i think it's a good thing that that johnson's getting some time here to 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 see what he can do and and getting that opportunity he's a a valuable player obviously you know we know what he can do but it's not really a surprise he's he's a physical player he's a he's a bottom six kind of guy that can kind of have that speed and that that skating ability as well as he has a pretty good wrist shot when he takes it every once in a while so he's a guy that has that little bit of you know that little bit of an offensive touch he can play a physical game he can throw his body around and i i think it's good that he's getting these opportunities he signed to a four-year deal so he's younger uh, i mean he's he's younger he's younger And he has been a a guy that I think deserves it at this point, especially as we start, you know, Andrew was talking about Barry and and Lou having a kind of longer term plan, at least a longer term vision. I think now when you, when you look at the age of of some of these guys on the, on the lineup, especially that bottom six group, uh, when you look at the Matt Martins, the Cal clutter bucks and some of those guys, you have to start thinking of, of what's to come after those those guys go, you know, their own paths.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. And one guy I want to mention, just because there's a very good chance we may not for the remainder of the year, depending on COVID issues and and injuries, is... Austin Danger Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, just got sent back down to Bridgeport. In fact, I think he had a pretty good night last night. He had at least a, a goal or an yeah. assist last night against Coy the Vula, Mollies. I think had
1: two or something like that. It was a pretty good night. I yeah, can,
0: can yeah. They that. they came back. They were down 4-3, I think, and they won 5-4. And Zarnik and Koivula both factored in on that. But look at this guy. He ends up forming a line with Bellows and Wallstrom. And he gets two assists versus the centers. He gets a goal versus Nashville. A beautiful goal, actually. What a setup from Wallstrom that yeah. was. That centering pass from Wallstrom. Talk about that guy. But, yeah, Zarnik, he, he's in. Plays a little bit with the young guys. They get a little chemistry. And then, thank you very much. We'll see you
1: later. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way of the world. I'm sorry. I'm just looking up. Otkovila had two goals, and, uh, and andreoff had a goal, and Austin Zarnick had a goal. There you go. And the uh, Bridgeport uh, Bridgeport Islanders five four <laughs> win over the um, Toronto Toronto, Mars. Toronto Marlies. They also played today, where they lost the Toronto uh, the Bridgeport Islanders. They lost to the um, Binghamton Senators three to two. Okay. So just there's you your right Bridgeport there. report. Otkovila he scored his third goal in, his, in two games. Grant Hutton also found the back of the net. Uh, and the loss for the Bridgeport Islanders of the American Hockey
0: League. Of the American Hockey League. So we covered Bo's uh, benching already with Andrew a little bit. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to expand on that. But no, I think I saw some of the questions
1: brilliant. we can discuss it there.
0: That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So one more thing is just Chara all of a sudden defending on it. Yeah, this is one thing I wanted to pick up on it uh, during Andrew's chat. Sure. You know, you talk about how... With some defensemen, you only notice them when you're making mistakes. Right. And I think Zadano Char at his age completely fits that profile. And I think it goes hand in hand with what Andrew said during the segment, saying he's been better. And I was waiting for an opportunity to say it, and that is now, is that he's been a lot less noticeable. And I right, think which is that a good thing. Yes, absolutely. And the only time he has been noticeable. Is, has been defending the honor of his teammates two games in a row. Right. Once against Nashville Thursday and once last night. I think they
1: were both hits. Were they both hits on Dobson or one was No, Barzal? one was Ajo.
0: Oh, Ajo. Okay. okay. Thursday night was Aho. Last was night Dobson. was Dobson. Dobson. Gotcha. But it was very similar. In the yeah. corner. That's why I thought it was Dobson twice. Sedano yeah. took off his suit and he showed the Superman logo and came well, to the I had rescue. To, <laughs> I had to laugh
1: about the, um. what was it, Tinanen was the, the, the Nashville Predator player on the first night that got... Something you know, like that. Got a got a, got a, a real good beating from from Chara. Oh yeah. I no, mean, he... you had to kind of laugh because the size differential was very uh, very noticeable right off the bat because he makes that hit on Sebastian Aho. Uh, Zdeno Chara comes over right away, grabs him and kind of pins him against the board against the board. And like, I don't want to say he ragdolled him, but he, he certainly like kind of dummied him a little bit. Where you're like, this dude, well, could try he, and skate away. He's not moving. He anywhere.
0: got his jersey over his head almost immediately. The guy couldn't see anything throughout the whole altercation. I mean, it was. From beginning to end, the yeah. guy was just Covering his jersey, and so Charo was just pummeling away at his face And then when he finally got his jersey down You saw the aftermath, you saw the blood all yeah. over his face Yeah, no, he got pulverized, I don't think He was expecting that to be a Domino effect of, right,
1: right, right. of his hit Yeah, he
0: probably <laughs> regretted that
1: um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I Certainly agree to an extent With you about Charo. he has been less noticeable Which is a positive thing, and and, I, and again mm-hmm. I hate, I hate the uh, I hate the fact that that's the, the way defensemen are kind of always viewed by. Because, again, it, it might It ramble. makes sense, though. I, I get it, but, like, it's such an it's intricate not- position. I No, no, I understand 100%, but it, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Because, like, you know, the Scott Mayfields, the only time they're noticeable is when they make these big-time mistakes or the Zdeno Chars or, or anyone on the blue line.
0: One of the exceptions or
1: the big plays. to that is is is
0: Adam Pellick in that he's not – the most offensively gifted player. Now, don't get me wrong. He chips in with an right. assist here and there and whatnot. But Adam Pellick is so good defensively that he's noticeable for the defensive plays that he makes. Right. Breaking up two-on-ones, you know, clever, you know, just, you know, quick thought plays or, you know, stick work, yeah. poke checks, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. Like, Man, that was a damn good play. And But but look, that's that's just the job, right, the, as, of a defense. If you're a stay-at-home defenseman, maybe you're a bottom, bottom-pairing defenseman, you're not expected to put points up. But if you're not getting your name called out, it probably means that you're getting out there for your 45 seconds. You're doing yeah. what you have to do, whether it's keeping the puck deep in the opposing zone or making sure the puck stays away from your net. You're doing your job you get off the ice, and that's all it is. Yeah. That's no. just, that's just that's how it is for, for, for a lot of defensemen in this league.
1: No, no, I, I get it, it's, but it's just kind of an unfortunate circumstance sure. of the position. But that's only a problem if, if they're those look right, at me right, guys right, right, right. that John Tortorella. <laughs> no, it's like. not. It's not even that I, because I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just yeah. it kind of like when you look at the the players that get the recognition. I mean, those guys deserve it as much. You as You want to see else. them to get more <laughs> credit. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. exactly. The I'm point. with you on that. It has nothing to do with, uh, with with being kind of look at me and or anything sure. like that. But um, but you know when when we, when you look at look at me, there that's kind of when you start to think about heroes of the week. And I think
0: uh, that's exactly what we're gonna do right Right now yes folks thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night ny and of course on your favorite pop podcast platforms later on so so quick quick to make fun of me and then when we come back it'll be time for the hero of the week
2: you have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer and oyster bay brewing company provides the best long island has to offer Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the Tap Room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open 7 days a week indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code H-N-I-N-Y at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery.
0: Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, party breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the Selly featuring grilled roast beef, sautéed onion, mushrooms, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic Hero. Sounds absolutely delicious. Get it for Half Off all week starting tomorrow. That is Monday through next week where we'll announce a brand new Half Off Hero. Stop on in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half off the celly And with that It is now time to choose Our individual heroes, Christian So I would like you to go first Why don't you tell the world Who is your hero of the
1: week My hero of the week this week Is a man who needs no introduction <laughs> Okay So I won't introduce him okay. it's, it's Zach Parisi. I think he certainly deserved it After the week he's had He gets the goal uh, The first goal in Islanders Orange and Blue a momentous goal because that ended up being the game winner on Saturday night against the New Jersey devils, certainly deservingly after the way he's played over the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that's, uh, you know, he goes out there and is, and deserves the recognition for the effort that he puts in. Obviously he hasn't been putting the puck in the back of the net, but two, I, I call it sort of a hero of the week as well, because I, I think that may sort of have a galvanizing effect on the rest of the Islanders locker room, um, you know, I kind of saw it in the chat earlier about how um, Zanino Char is kind of revered, you know, how much he was revered coming in. And then mm-hmm. inside the Islanders locker room, I think Zach Parisi kind of has that same impact. You know, I, I, he's guys that he's a guy that, you know, you look at the Barzals and the Wallstroms and the Bellows. I mean, you know, not to, not to day Parisi a little bit, but, you know, those that's a guy that they watched growing up. Um, yeah, you sure. know, they watched him when he was with the Devils. They sure. You know, they... they Remember that stuff. So um, to see him kind of have the success as a teammate now and, and to be able to put up that goal in, in a big moment like that was, I, I think, a galvanizing moment for the Islanders' locker room and for the guys that, that play alongside him.
0: Well, you saw their reaction on the ice. Him and Pajot score, you know, celebrated like they just you know scored the OT winner. Right. And the guys on the bench are all fired up. So, yeah, I mean, look... It's it's been said for a long time how tight knit this team is and and what a close group they are. Right, and it seems like every next guy that they bring in gets embraced and brought into that, mm-hmm. and it's awesome to see them support a guy like Parise, who obviously has been gripping a stick. He's yeah. just trying to get this monkey off his back. He finally does, and you see the reaction from the rest of the team. It's pretty awesome.
1: No, yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that'll have a bit of an impact with the with the offense as well. And then, like Shawnee alluded to before. Going forward now, he kind of needs to continue to find that production now so that the Islanders' offense can kind of continue to roll as it has over the last few games.
0: The team needs goals. We all know that. Yes. And a guy who can do that and who is my hero of the week is number 26, Oliver Wallstrom. But he showed a different side to his game this week with five assists in the last three games and a goal. I talked about it before. Yeah, This is a guy who you hope becomes part of that young nucleus that maybe ends up taking the baton from the older guys in the team. I'm not saying right now, but you got your Anders Lees, you got your Brock Nelson's, your Josh Bailey's who are now in their thirties. They're eventually going to start aging out again, not right away. They're obviously still the leaders of this team, but you have to have a new core that grows with the team and kind of starts to take over. And that obviously begins with Matt Barzell, Mm -hmm. but he's going to need a supporting cast with guys like Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobbs, and of course, Ilya Sorokin between the pipes. So any development we see out of this guy, now that he's proven that he's got a playmaking ability, again, I I talked about that great pass in front for Zarnik's goal the other night. If Wallstrom keeps showing abilities like this, Barry Trotz is going to have to increase his minutes. Now, yes, does he still need to... I suppose, shore up the other side of the puck like Andrew Gross was talking about during our second with him. Yeah, I'm sure. That's probably why, to the frustration of Islander fans, why Oliver Walsh is still seeing maybe less minutes than you would like because he's still being, I suppose, shielded from those mistakes that we might be seeing if he was getting more time. And I guess Trotz is just trying to find that balance. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm jumping on the Andrew Gross apologist train here. <laughs> but I like what I see out of Walsh. I love the fact that he's putting assists up on the board now and not just goals. And hopefully, again, this is just another stepping stone in his development to becoming a leader on this team, a top six player on this team that ends up munching more minutes. And maybe one day... Munching more minutes? Yeah. Minute munching? You never you never heard that no. expression? Defensemen do it a lot? Minute, minute munching, munching defensemen? Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Anyway, hopefully that's, that's his future with this team. And, and maybe one day... To the delight of Islander fans out there, he'll, he'll get some shifts with Matt Barzell because I know a lot of people are looking for that out there,
1: too. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself, you couldn't. so I won't.
0: Okay, great. So there you have it, folks, your Heroes of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which is the celly with grilled roast beef, sauteed onion, mushrooms, fresh mozzarella on yep. a toasted garlic hero. So, Christian, you want to just go right into questions, Bruin? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do some questions. So, folks... Thank you so much for hanging with us tonight. Thank you so much for throwing some questions out there. Christian, did you do your job and prepare the Questions Brewing?
1: I did, of course. Questions Brewing brought to you by our friends over at Oyster Bay Brewing Company and this week's the Raspberry Salsa. salsa. Thank you very much. You got it. Question brewing from Mike four six five two co. Question brewing number one. Does anyone believe Barry's answer to about trots about trots replying? Uh, he's asking about his his response to when he was like, "Oh, really? Yeah." The uh, yeah. the minutes that Wallstrom is getting, um, and I think Andrew kind of answered it too. But I figured I'd give us a chance to address it as well um, here. I, I you know I I tend to imagine that that. Barry wasn't it seemed like Barry was kind of genuinely surprised that that the minutes were a little lower than I guess he thought yeah. even I not even even when you look at the amount of time he got compared to like a Peugeot or something like that the minutes were a little off which is a little, a little weird cuz they're playing on the same yeah. line so I Maybe. I don't know I'm not I'm not reading too much into it or that it was some sort of like you know bluff or, or or maybe
0: other than his choice in starting goalies for the night, Barry Trotz is a pretty straight shooter.
1: Right, 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 right. You know and if he doesn't want to answer a question, he'll just basically do that.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think he had any need or reason to play games and, and, and pretend that he didn't know. Right. Right. I think you know, he pro- look, he probably has a general idea of where he wants his minutes to be, but maybe he was genuinely surprised by the fact that he just didn't get as many as he thought.
1: Yeah. All right, there we go. Thomas Panic. Uh, oh no! I skipped someone. Melarmini, twenty-two. Question: Bruin, do we still see Bovillier back in soon? I think so. I think so. I don't think it'll be a long. I don't think it'll be a long, mm. I, I be a long uh, benching from from Trotz on this the. The only, I
0: suppose, note I'll mention is coaches like Barry Trotz. You get a win. Doesn't always like changing things up,
1: right? But it's maybe we see another game without him. But I'm with you. I think he comes back. Soon. Yeah, I, I would be, I'd be. I don't want to say surprised because it wouldn't shock me. But um, my, my general opinion here is I think he's back in for the Detroit game on Tuesday. I agree. Thomas Panic now. Question: Bruin Jarrah has taken a lot of abuse from Islanders, uh, from outsiders for his play this season. But how much do you think the guys in the locker room love him? I'll bet he has filled some of the void created by Uncle Leo's departure. And I think that's absolutely something to be said. I think that's, that's, a, that's a good observation. Um, I, I think when you see people, when, when people talk about the play of Zidane Oshara and, and some of these other guys too, it was the same thing with Leo Komarov or um, you know, some of these other guys that have been in the locker room in the past. Yes, they don't. Maybe they've been struggling on the ice or maybe they don't play up to the par that people expect them to, but there is something to be said for the locker room and for the leadership quality that they bring to some of those other players especially like a noah dobson on the back end now it's yeah great. i mean how much how much how much did it help when you had a uh, zanino char back there um with some of those other guys as well so i think when you look at his contributions obviously on the ice it hasn't been where people expected or where it really should have been or needed it to be at this point sure. uh for the islanders but i i absolutely agree there's there's something um sort of revered about zanino char in the islanders locker room again you look at all those guys, really that are, that are in the locker room, all of them have watched at some point or another Zdeno Chara playing his career as a fan, especially those younger guys. Than, than except for maybe, maybe Andy Green, except for maybe Andy Green, but <laughs> Noah Dobson for sure. I'm sure Scott yeah. Mayfield at one point. Um, you know, they grew up watching Zdeno Chara to have that that personality and that that person to to bounce some of the struggles that they're going sure. through right now I think is a is a huge thing and I, I don't think that's lost in those guys and I think they really revere and, and appreciate having him in the locker room
0: agreed well done
1: question brewing Mike four six five two co again is Mar is Martin suffering from a possible possibly career-ending injury and will we ever will he ever play another game
0: I have no reason to believe that I think we'll see him back eventually I don't
1: I don't think that's the case yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know if you had more to say. No, no, no. I, I I tend to agree there. I don't. I think Barry Trotz has been asked and said in the past too, uh, during the stretch where he hasn't been in the lineup, that if the Islanders needed him, he could play. But there mm-hmm. is something that's sort of been lingering that they're letting kind of heal and and letting him rest, and they're allowing that opportunity for Ross Johnson to get in and see what they have there. So I think it's part of a bigger bigger plan at the moment, it seems like, where now the owners kind of know that the situation that they're in, the backs against the wall, this stuff. Um, and you're seeing Barry Trotz be a little bit more fluid with the lineup. You're seeing him being a little more fluid with some of the guys that you would not have imagined be that would be sitting at the moment, That giving them some time off and seeing what else you have in the stable. Agreed. Moving on. Trotty A19, question brewing, does Lou trade bow and some combination and for a sniper, finally, or quality fourth defenseman?
0: uh look. If if there's anybody who's a tradable asset on this team, as far as maybe being able to get something of value coming back, and you can argue whether or not he's an expendable asset at this point or not, but I think Bo could get something back. But I I do not think that he's going to be part of a trade. I don't I don't anticipate that being the case, especially with the scoring woes that, of course, right. he is he is very in large part responsible for by not scoring himself. But, look, he's he's still a good young player. He's one of the fastest guys in this team. And we've seen what he can do in the playoffs. Would I be so quick to give up on a guy like him? I don't know. I mean, look, you know, if they can get something of worth back in a package, sure, Mm -hmm. talk to me. But I don't know if that's where Lou Lamarillo is thinking right now. I don't know if that's the case. I think this is a guy that uh, the Islanders still you know, have faith in and, and they want to see him become a, an integral part of this franchise.
1: Yeah, no, I don't... I don't think it's off the table, but I don't right. think there's anyone on that roster that's necessary. Maybe Barzal or, or Wallstrom might be off the table, but it's hard to uh, and Lee. Um, but it's hard to imagine there in Dobson. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's probably more. but I just keep it's fine. I keep adding to this Sorokin, list. Sorokin, yeah. Sorokin. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to imagine that that Beauvillier is off the table as far as as being yeah. a possibility for a deal. Do I sure. think it happens ultimately? I mean, it would really have to be sort of as Sean said, a knock your socks off kind of trade where the Islanders are getting something major in return, where they're getting better instantaneously so Mm -hmm. i i think that's kind of the way you got to look at it i don't think it's off the table for Bo to ever be traded but do i see it being being a possibility a strong possibility right now probably not probably not on the same page what do you got um (laughs) mj beckman question brewing how dumb will i feel when for buying my daughter a bovillier jersey if lou trades him (laughs) I thought that's a funny question.
0: Okay, yeah, funny question. Kind of the same one. But look, just because a guy gets benched doesn't mean he's going to get traded. Right. It's just, look, the guy needs to show something out there. And and, and as Andrew was talking about before, you know, it it, it even came came down to a defensive lapse. It wasn't even so much because of the goals that he wasn't putting up. But look, just because the guy's riding the pine, you know, or not even riding the pine, he's watching from the press box, doesn't mean he's on his way out. I mean, sometimes these guys, especially. In that younger, you know, I suppose, age group where maybe a lesson from the press box will be helpful. And and I, I don't, I wouldn't
1: read too much into that at this point in time. Just mean you should have that Josh Bailey jersey instead. <laughs> T-Boil <Team laughs> nice. 13, question, Bruin. Do the Islanders make the playoffs? I should have saved that for last. Actually, yeah. we're going to come back to that one. Okay. And uh, Andrumi, uh Andremi13 asking, what can Bo get back in a trade? Is Barley... Is Barley... Is Barley... Barley. And or Varlamov going to get moved at, at deadline if Lou sells? I think all of that's on the
0: table. Yeah. I think, I think that's on the table if, if we get to that point. We'll obviously talk about our, the playoff hopes in a, in a minute. But, yeah, if, if, if the Islanders... If Lou Lamarillo is convinced that they're out and this is a lost season, I think anybody with, you know, age or an expiring contract, or, you know, you look at the Varlamov-Sorokin situation, you can, an, a, an argument could certainly be made for why not get something for Varlamov when you have Sorokin, and you just, you know, find another backup. There's a lot of backup goalies out there. I, I totally get that. I like this tandem. I like the fact that it's supposed to be the strongest right. tandem in the league. It obviously hasn't paid off in the win column so far this year. Um, and as far as Bailey goes, I mean... I think Lou, Lou is is is, is he's cold blooded in the sense that he, he, no matter, even though a guy like Josh Bailey means a lot
1: to this fan base, some at least <laughs> a lot to this ranch. You said that I, was, I almost had to, almost fell off the chair. Some
0: of the well, they he's got some very you know adamant defenders, and and there are some people who have endeared themselves to Josh Bailey, and, and obviously he does you know he's the longest tenured, he's starting to break records left behind by dynasty players. So Bobby favorite player. Exactly. So he he same. has etched himself a, a little corner of Islander history. But if Lou Lamarillo thinks that there's something he can he can do to improve this team by unloading him, I don't see him saying no. And the the first question was, what can they get for Boville? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's Boville plus other assets. Yeah, I think if you put him in a package, look, he's he's got a lot of promise still. We, again, he just hasn't put together a consistent game yet, and that's what we're all waiting for. And we were waiting for that for ages for Josh Bailey, and that worked itself out for a while until this season. We were waiting for that for Brock Nelson too, where Brock Nelson was a, a fairly inconsistent player, where he would obviously have his Brocktobers and then he would right. disappear, and and he, but he'd still hover around that twenty goal. November, yes, November now is is a thing. December, and he's become a more consistent Ryan player. Larry. He's a guy who's good for averaging around. Right, you're very good at that. Bro-ge? I'm proud of you. Sure, yeah, I mean there's nine months to go I don't Braiple. think we're going to put everybody through that So he's like a 50 Bray. point player now I'm going to mute you <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mute you, I have that power I just muted you Brune. <laughs> Nobody can hear you so, I. yes, I This myself. is this is painful for everyone <laughs> <laughs> Please allow me to finish this thought Brockist, go You're the burst So <laughs> anyway Brock Nelson was inconsistent Now a more consistent player And I believe the hope is that Beauvillier can become that as well and I do think he can fetch something back if you package him with some players. I just don't know if the Islanders are going to do that. I think he's young enough; yeah. he has enough promise. Where if you ship him out west somewhere, you ideally, right, you get something back of value that can help the team. I just don't know if that's Lou's mindset right
1: now. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think I, I think when you look at movable assets, especially if, if we're getting to that point at the, at the trade deadline where the Islanders are in a position to sell instead of instead of buy, you know, you know, Josh Bailey, I think, is someone that certainly comes to mind. That you look at other teams; they're gonna they. You know, there's a lot of teams out there. Say honestly, what you, say what you want about Josh Bailey, there are a lot of teams that would take his playoff experience and 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 what he would bring to a roster. He's he's sort of that Bill Guerin role you saw a couple years ago. He is
0: honestly a quintessential trade deadline acquisition yeah. guy in his early 30s. He can he's he's got offensive abilities. He he's got playoff prowess. He he can put up points. He's he is actually a guy that. A ton of teams would be looking at if he was available and the Islanders are out of it at the trade deadline. I have no doubt about that. He's a guy who Lou could definitely get something for at the deadline. So whether or not they want to, all that. But yeah, no, I think Josh Bailey could actually bring something back for this team at the deadline. I I mean, I hate to even be talking about that right Right. now. But if that comes to pass, yeah, I think that's something Lou certainly considers. prep tember
1: to the whole year. Uh, question Bruin. And Jeremy has a couple good ones, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to combine all okay. of them. Um, question Bruin. Uh, what do you think of, of Kiefer bello 's play? Have you seen improvement? And question Bruin. Do you think Varlamov is 100% because he missed the pre or, – or not because he missed the preseason? Is he working his game back to where it was last season? Just doesn't look the same.
0: I'm going to start with the Varley sure, portion of that question. And it's funny. I was talking to a buddy of mine about that the other day. And uh, just raise that very question. You know, he had that extended, uh, you know, uh, stay away from the game in yeah. the beginning of the season where he he couldn't get in, and it seemed like Trotz let him marinate longer than maybe needed in the sense, not to say to his detriment, but he was like, hey, look, we're not in any rush to bring him back, right? So let's get him a hundred percent healthy. So according to the team, at least at that point in time, he was a hundred percent. Now maybe since he started playing again, maybe. You know, something got thrown out. Maybe you know there's a chink in the armor again. We don't know. We're we're just speculating. But yeah, maybe he hasn't looked as Varley uh, as maybe he hasn't in, in the in the past year or so. And but like, is that a product of the team in front of him? Is he really playing that much worse? I haven't had too much problem with Varley's game. Maybe he's in a goal or two that you might make an argument that he would have saved last year. Sure. Uh, long long-winded answer to that question. Could yeah, look, maybe he has a lingering thing going on, but but that being said, if he did, I don't think Barry Trotz would feel pressured to start him. I think he would just be rolling Sorokin out there, especially in non-back-to-back scenarios. So I don't necessarily think Varley has any, any sort of lingering issues. Maybe he's just fighting the puck.
1: I think what people forget, too, is similar to Thomas Grice. Varley doesn't play as great when he's not getting consistent time. It's good been point. Ilya Sorokin's team for the better part of this entire season, even, yep. even with Varlamov back. So without the consistency, I think you're seeing sort of the limitations to Varlamov's game as well. He's still a great goaltender, don't get me wrong, and I kind of agree there hasn't been too many bad things I've seen with his game. Yeah. But I think the lack of consistency like he had last year where he was playing, he was the guy yep. and, and the go-to goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you saw Sorokin here or there, right. I think is playing a large factor into this too. Let's switch back to the first part of that question yes. when it's talking about Kiefer Bellows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, go ahead. I'll let you jump in. I've seen improvement in his game. I like the fact that, look, I,
0: I mean, I was having fun with that, that bellows wallstrom Zarnick line there yeah. for a little while, and, and they were producing, and I was wondering if that was going to get a little more longevity. Obviously, we got a quick answer to that, the, <laughs> and it's no. they're not even and Bellows and Wallstrom aren't even on the same line anymore, and that's fine, but I'm glad he's getting in the lineup because he's had such an interesting up and down with this team, and, and Chris and I have talked about him a lot over the yeah. past little while since he's kind of been with the team. And he, you know, look, you had that whole the PED situation, right, or the at least the the, the drug test situation. Yeah, see, there's some issue there,
1: and, and it was resolved. And, and he's, right, and, and and credit to lula Morello, he's given him a chance to yeah. to kind of get back to where he, he needed to be within the organization. And you know, they didn't cut bait. I think there was sort of a, a feeling that maybe that was going to be like the final straw for Kiefer Bellos and he was going to kind of go the way of the dodo dodo bird, but. <laughs> He has, has been given the opportunity to, to continue to put his best foot forward in, in, within the organization, and it's paying off. You're seeing, I think, a much more confident Kiefer Bellows this season. You're seeing a much more consistent Kiefer Bellows in the last couple games, and um, it's paying off. It's paying dividends.
0: If you want to try to somewhat spin a positive out of the whole COVID protocol issue, where the outbreak, I should say, is that we have had an opportunity to see what some of these guys have been able to do mm-hmm. in in the regular players' absence? Like, I mean, perfect example, Robin Sala, but also yep. Kiefer Bellis, yep. because he seemed to be a guy who they liked having around, but they weren't too thrilled about having him in the lineup. But then their hand was forced. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to see what he's been able to do. And and, and maybe that's just something he needed to benefit from as well as some consistent time in the lineup. Now, I think he got into, like, the first 20, 30 games last
1: year, right? He yes. actually uh, he played a fair amount. Like, yeah, yeah he maybe it was 15, amount. 20, whatever it was. And then that's when the Wallstrom... It switched. Right. That's when Wallstrom came in, all of a sudden he was yep. he was playing out of his mind and then he was getting the ice time and Bellows was falling the other way. So But this
0: year was an opportunity because so many guys dropped out where they were able to get both of them in there, able to see what both of them can do. So I mean I'm certainly I know this wasn't the question, but I'm not giving up on Bellows yet. I think he's a guy who who still could potentially contribute to this team. I'm glad he's been able to get this ice time to show what he can do. And I mean, look—it's—it's it's ultimately going to come down to what positions are available, how long Bailey's sitting for, right. and so sorry, I said Bailey, right? Yeah. That's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> how long Bovellier is sitting for, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think he still has a chance to 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 be a, a part of this organization if, if Barry Trotz continues to give him some minutes here and there.
1: So I think to answer your question, uh, Andrew, I mean at least the second part, we we like where Bellos's play is, and we've seen a lot of improvement. Uh, I want to ask you, Mellor Media Twenty question question, Bruin, why is this fan base so quick to turn on the team? Shawnee, you are a fan, and uh, you <laughs> are the pulse of the fan base. You tell me. I mean, this is Islander country, man. This is what. I, w- I would say
0: we, but I don't group myself into that because I don't know. I mean, look, any of you guys who are long time listeners or watchers of this show, I mean, I try to keep things pretty even keel, <laughs> and and even though they obviously this has been a rough start to the season and nothing that any of us have envisioned. I mean, I'm not, I'm not killing them for it. I mean, there's a lot of outlying factors, but but to to get to the the question, I mean, this is on the country, and this is. And, and it's kind of like a love hate thing for me like I love the passion I love that fans are so passionate about this team and they they bleed with every loss and they're euphoric with every win I think that's great but it, it's just always how this fan base has been and and I think it's just to get to the root of it I mean how long was this fan base waiting for any like modicum of success right. and just consistent success? And we finally got a, a real taste these past couple of years with Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo at the helm. And I mean, look, you can talk about how maybe you win away from, from maybe you know sipping from the cup if one thing goes one way or the other, right? I mean, you look at last year and all that. But Islander fans are just, you know, I mean, maybe it's a New York thing. What have you done for me lately, right? Because I don't think it's just Islander fans. You, well, look, at, you look around New York. New and, York
1: City FC was the first team to break the, uh, well, depending who you ask, they broke the championship drought. Over right. The weekend.
0: If you count, if you count MLS, I'm not sure everybody does yet, but but yeah, they did. But but I mean, it's a very what have you done for me lately, town and, and and but but Islander fans are unique and 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 I think and it's it's mentioned not only you know with with people within the organization. I don't necessarily mean just the players recognizing how passionate the fans mm-hmm. are, but you even get that recognition from outside. Uh, Long Island you know players that maybe have come and I remember Patrick Maroon had a lot to say about the Islander fans and stuff like that when the when the Bolts are playing and and look I mean I give you all a lot of credit man you've been through a lot of crap and you know if you're well within your rights to get down on the team when they're not playing well but you know my approach is just you know roll with it roll with the punches you know enjoy the highs and, and try to ignore the lows as much as possible because at the end of the day it's just it's just hockey it's just sports man
1: <laughs> you know? there you go Thomas Panic, by the way, the dodo bird is the hippest of the birds. So he's making fun of my go the way of the dodo bird as a I mean, reference. that was pretty pretty lame, but you know, whatever, man, we'll go with it. And finally, the question <laughs> that we wanted to save for the end here, T Boyle thirteen question: Bruin, do the Islanders, do the New York Islanders, make the playoffs?
0: That is that is a tough question. That is a tough tough question. I mean i I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. At this juncture, my confidence is, 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 is down in the dumps. I, I do not think that as the way they've been playing up until now that they're going to make the playoffs. They have a mountain to climb to get back. They do have games in hand the last I looked because of you know you had those postponements and stuff like that. Yep. They do have a lot of home games to play. Do I think it's impossible? A- absolutely not. But if I'm a betting mitten, which I'm not. I say that they this might be a lost year because there's just a perfect storm of a lot of things that went bad early, and they really have to go on a run. And I don't know... If they've done enough, even in these recent games where they've got a couple of wins, that inspires me to say, yeah, this team can go on an 11-game winning streak because they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to go on like a 15-point. Like know, they fif- did la-
1: uh, two years ago. Yeah,
0: they're going to have to do that, like 15 out of 17 games of yeah. points or something like that. I mean, that's the sort of run this team is going to need to get into the playoffs. Are they capable? Yes. I wish the question was, can they make the playoffs? And it's rather He wants to know, do they make the playoffs? Right, right. Uh, I'm gonna say no, but I still think that they can. And, but they gotta get their act together real quick, and we're gonna have to see the sort of hockey out of them that we haven't seen yet this year. We haven't really seen the islander hockey we got used to the last two or three years. It's just not there yet. They're not. They're not rolling through the teams they should be like <laughs> Detroit, right? And and Chicago. They beat them once. They lost them, you know, the other time. So. I, they just don't inspire that confidence in me right now. But if 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 there there's any team that can prove me wrong, a Barry Trotz that i on the team can. So the hope's still there, but I have to be a realist and say, as of right now, no, I don't think they make it.
1: There you have it. Questions Brewing brought to you by our friends at Oyster Bay Brewing Company. The featured beverage this week has been <laughs> the raspberry hard seltzer, and Sean Cuthbert has given up on the Islanders. So there you have it, fans. You can tweet all your anger and hate at him, at Shawnee Hockey on Twitter. <laughs> And uh, I, I t- uh, Thomas Panic. I couldn't have said it better myself. The man's wearing a hashtag Believe shirt, and yet the guy because does not sound like he believes at all. I believe they can. I do. I believe they can I'm make it, it. I, uh, I, I don't it need you all. to buy it. I mean, the fans aren't buying it either. You, I you're believe. True colors. You might as well it. just go to the Madison Square Garden or roof of the Rangers at this point. Wow, that's that's a little extreme. But that, that makes sense with
0: you. Just saying. I believe they can do it, but. They got to show me some more. I do. They can do it. They And I, and I buddy, I would love nothing more than to be
1: sitting across from you. I bet you have you, a New York Rangers shirt under there. That's cute. I bet you do. I wow. would love nothing more don't
0: listen to than to sit across from you in April and say, because you guys don't even know what this guy says. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See who's laughing now? Yeah, because he, he very conveniently allowed me to address that question. <laughs> but if, if he was the one to address that question, it would have went a little bit differently. So I would love nothing no, more all right. you want than me to, to sit across it? from I, I, you in April and I'll say, look, it. Christian,
1: I believed and they did it. Yeah, I don't believe you believed. Um I will no I will 100% say I agree with Sean on this. I think I think you I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I think the Islanders have the capability to do it. At the moment, I think as people are noting in the chat, there are some structural inconsistencies that really worry me. Um the inconsistency of of people that of players that need to step up, the Anthony Beauvilliers. Um you know, I don't want to hang it all uh, hanging on Zach Parise the guys like that, but you need those that tertiary scoring, that secondary scoring to come through and they just haven't had that. Here's one of the big differences. Yeah.
0: Okay, they've they've shown that they can still play that low scoring game that they can win, and I guess the best example of that probably still was that game against Winnipeg. Right.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. No, and it was. and they that have was the best game of the season.
0: Right. Bar none. But they've also shown that game in, in some of these games that they've lost. But the biggest difference, pieces, though, the biggest difference to me though, is these mis- these mental mistakes that they're making. That is the difference. Is that before this season. Those mistakes were extremely limited. And usually it didn't come back to bite them the way it would this year. But now they're much more widespread. We're seeing them almost regularly each game. And unfortunately, I've been picking on the defense a lot, but that's usually where they're coming from. And it's just killed them. That has been the biggest difference. And it's because you've got these younger guys Taking on more like Aho, he wasn't even supposed to play this year. Dobson may be getting a few more minutes than he's than he's supposed to. He's still kind of, you know, getting shown the ropes. And then you have Salo and 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 Hutton. I mean, these are all guys that weren't supposed to go near the roster this year. And you throw them out into the fire the way you have, and you have your guys off on the COVID list. And this is this is what you're getting now. And the mistakes has just have just been killing them. And you can only ask Sorokin and Varlamov to bail out those mistakes so many times. Maybe they haven't as much as they did last year, maybe. But the bottom line is that's the big difference is these mistakes have been much more, much more rampant and they've been just killing them.
1: No, I agree a hundred percent. And I know we've talked about it at length too. they the, in the, the, the fact that they didn't address sort of the puck-moving defenseman aspects uh, during the offseason, uh, they're really God, feeling the loss. Ta- they're feeling the loss <laughs> taves, of taste from two seasons ago. They're feeling the loss of Nick Letty from this offseason. They're feeling, um, I would argue, they're feeling the loss of Jordan Eberle. You know, you know even you go through this COVID, uh, COVID outbreak, you don't have a Leo off to step in there as well. I mean, those are, I, I, understandably, they have all been streaking people have picked on their play over the course of their couple of years here. But those were key parts of the Islanders' run to the Cup Final, uh, to the uh, Eastern Conference Final.
0: When you look at Bailey's shot totals, I mean, Jordan playing on the first line, Jordan
1: Eberle was still at least shooting the puck, yeah. and and, and a lot of times it was thing going thing. in. Yeah, that's been the other. That's thing a huge difference. So I, huge I, difference. I, no, Sean, I'm making fun of you, but I agree with you. <laughs> um, I agree with your overall analysis of where the Islanders are. I think that there's a team that can do it and can find a way. Um, considering sort of the 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 underdog mentality that this team has thrived under in the in years past. Maybe that helps. I mean, you know, Look, they, weirder things have happened, but it's tough to see that happening right now. Always remember this. How many times? I think
0: pretty much le- uh, definitely last year yeah. and the year before. And you can talk about the she- seasons being shortened and what what you know might have happened, what right, could have right. happened. But the Islanders have gone through some ruts like this in the past. The difference here is it happened right away. Yeah. It happened in the very beginning of the season. They didn't already pad their place in the standings with a great run in November or December, what have you, right? This happened out of the gate and now they have to drag themselves out of it over the next 60, whatever game, 50, 60 games that are yeah. remaining in this season. And that's the toughest part is that we haven't seen the best version of this team yet. We Maybe we have, and this is the best it's going to get, which would obviously be bad, <laughs> but the hope is you haven't seen the best version of this team yet because of everything that came in the beginning. So, you know, you look at how they've picked themselves up of, after those bad streaks last year, the bad streak the year before that, and the the way they performed in the playoffs. So we know what this team can do. The question is, can they find a way to get back to that and salvage the season in such a tough division that they're in? And you got teams left and right that are picking up so many points, and that's what makes it so difficult to say tonight, oh, yeah, they'll make the playoffs, Right. right? They can, but there's a lot of ifs involved. We'll see. We'll see. But keep hope alive because we've seen them come back from from streaks like this before that's all i got
1: a, it'll be a fascinating thing to watch over the, the course of the next few months too it'll also be interesting to see if they don't uh, you know it seems to be sort of a growing push for the players not to go to the olympics and that that yeah. month break or so will be interesting to see if it if they don't go how does that impact the team is it a good thing is it a bad thing where will the team be in february going into that february that break um right into that into that point so <laughs> that's a whole other a whole other issue you kind of throw into the mix with with the way the season's going to play out so there's yeah. a lot of factors it'll be it'll be fascinating to see i agree with sean right now it's, I, it's hard to say that the islanders would make the will make the playoffs mm-hmm. but uh but yeah so there it is sean cuthbert hates the <laughs> islanders doesn't believe uh christian arnold has a little more faith sure so.
0: <laughs> we'll go with that for the sake of ending the show before we hit the two-hour mark we'll we'll go with well we had
1: to make up for being off last week
0: we did. You're right. I liked. I liked the way you thought. But yeah, Olympics, huh? May not happen. May not happen. I hope it does. because I, I want to do some hockey night in USA.
1: Yeah, that that see that would be the only disappointing thing. I, I I am very neutral about whether the players need to go to the Olympics or not, or whether it has mm-hmm. any impact. But that would be great to do a little uh, right, a little uh, brunch, uh, you maybe know, a little viewing party over eggs. at RJ's. Right? Kegs and eggs.
0: Kegs and eggs. USA, Canada, maybe. I think yeah. I think US, Canada, and Russia are all in the same group. I might be wrong. But I know at least one of those teams are in the same group as U.S. I think China's
1: in one of their groups, too.
0: I think China might be in USA's group. Which would be, would be hilarious. They, well, they have to. They're the host. Yeah. They, well, going. I
1: think that was like up in the air if they if they were going to get like an actual team in the Olympics as the host country because the, progr- the hockey program there is still. A little behind. Yes. Yes. A little behind. I was yeah. going to say it nicely.
0: Uh, I don't know. I could have gone either way. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to wrap up here. <laughs> Yes, do it, all Folks, we want to thank you guys so much for hanging with us for for another extended version of Hockey Night in New York. But lots of fun, as always. And folks, we want to thank right off the bat here Andrew Gross for giving us a great amount of time giving us some great stuff a lot of fun with Andrew of Newsday and the Island Ice Podcast huge thanks to our sponsors RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center the best place to catch the Isles when you can make it to the game and remember don't just go for the Isles they have live music comedy nights trivia a late night bar scene they have it all a huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington an official partner of the New York Island and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And, of course, a big thanks to Thai Technology, a voice-over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And a huge thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at oysterbaybrewing.com for curbside pickup Local delivery or shipping anywhere in New York. And don't for, don't forget, you can get 15% off with coupon code HNINY. A huge thanks to all of you for joining us at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY and your favorite podcast providers. Woo! If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe at those podcast providers. And if you'd like to follow this clown on Twitter, hey, that's you me. can follow him at C underscore Arnold01. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the Show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for Christian Arnold. The Graham. My name is Sean Cufford. We've been Hockey Night in New York. We, we will see you next week. Bye.
1: Bye. October, November, December. Bye. January. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are the worst.